Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 31. Hey guys, guess where I am right now? I am actually in my office for the first time in two months. It feels so good to be here and to be at work. I've been working out of my house for the past two months with my three-year-old who is not taking a nap anymore. <laughs> and my husband, who's working out of the house, as we all have probably been doing. Um, and it's been a challenge, of course, right? So we made the executive decision to at least have me come back into my office because there's really no, I'm in contact with nobody here. And Walter did just go back for his first day of daycare today as well. I dropped him off Um and we trust them. We felt like that was the best decision for our family. So yeah, we're kind of back. So this week I felt like, hey, since I'm in the office, I might as well do a whole Q&A for you guys and do an episode that's just a solo episode of me educating you guys on a certain subject. And I've gotten this request a lot to do a whole episode dedicated to epidurals and education about epidurals and kind of common questions that people have on epidurals. So that's what we're going to tackle today. We're going to dispel some of the common myths that epidurals have kind of circling around them. Um, And I'm going to go through the whole process of what getting an epidural is like. The hospital that I work at here in Raleigh, we are, I would say, probably 60%-ish of our patients end up getting epidurals, so I'm very familiar with epidurals, and I see them all the time, and just a lot of the common you know, side effects and just everything that kind of goes along with epidurals, I'm very, very aware of. So I'm going to do my best to give you as much information as I can and answer as many questions as I can regarding that topic. So let's get started. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. This episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast was brought to you by Mommy Labor Nurse. <laughs> I'm sponsoring my own episode, guys, but I really just wanted to take this minute or so before we get into this epidural episode and talk to you about this giveaway that is going on on my Instagram and on my Facebook and on my website. So if you follow me on Instagram, which I hope that you do, we announced last week that we were running this giveaway through the whole month of May. It ends on June 1st, and we are actually giving one person $2,000. It can go towards your registry. It can go towards your medical bills that you have from your delivery. It can go towards anything. It's just money. 
but we wanted to give this money to somebody who really, really needed it. So we did have some fairly specific guidelines for you to enter if you are interested in entering this giveaway. Personally, I've wanted to do this giveaway since I found out I was pregnant. This is something that I've always kind of had in the back of my mind. I just wanted to time it right. Um, Because I, with this baby, guys, I have everything that I need. You know, I really do. I've had one baby before. I've had Walter. And I just have a multitude of items. (laughs) So I really don't need a ton of stuff. And I was like, you know what? What better thing to do to just, you know, give some extra money, give some extra resources to somebody who actually really, really needs it. So all you have to do is go to my page, mommy.labornurse and mommylabornurse.podcast on Instagram, or you can find both of our pages on Facebook, okay? The Mommy Labor Nurse Facebook page and the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast Facebook page. You got to follow both of those, okay? Either on Facebook or on Instagram. And then you just have to tag two pregnant friends who you think would like my like my stuff. You have to share the post in either your Instagram story or your Facebook feed. And then the most important part is actually sending us an email. So this contest is not a random contest. It's a entry contest. So you have to send us an entry and tell us your story of how you can really use this money, okay? Make sure you tell us your contact information, your Instagram handle, your Facebook account in the email so we can get in touch with you. But we wanna hear from you how you really could use this money. You can enter from now you know, in May until June 1st, 2020, if you're listening to this after June 1st, you are eligible. And then a couple days after it closes, I'm going to announce the winner in my Instagram feed. I'm going to contact the winner via DM or Facebook DM. And then all you need to receive the money is a valid PayPal account. Okay, so make sure you have that set up. You don't have to share that with us in your email or anything, but just make sure you have a way to receive this money as well. Another thing I like to tell people about this giveaway too is if you have a friend or a family member who is pregnant and you want to nominate them, you can absolutely do that. You can nominate them, you can do all the same steps, but you just include their contact information and tell us their story and your entry will be valid. So yeah, really excited about this giveaway. I can't wait to see who's gonna win. There's already been a lot of entries and just really excited to continue to read these entries and to pick somebody. All right, now let's get into today's episode. All right, guys, let's get into this epidural-packed episode. There is a lot of controversy out there about epidurals and epidural side effects. You know, should you get one? Is it even safe for your baby? What's the deal with the big long needle that they use? Some women are very pro-epidural and other women are very anti-all-natural. Don't don't touch me with a needle anywhere. Some women go into labor thinking that they don't want an epidural, and then they change their minds down the road. Whichever route that you end up taking during your labor, the most important detail that I want you to take away from the debate is that it's always helpful to be informed, especially about the procedure. So speaking of the procedure, let's go over that first and kind of what that entails If you are in my epidural course, or if you're in my natural course, I have a whole section dedicated to this. So I'm not gonna go as in-depth as I do in my course, but we're gonna give just kind of a brief overview of what it's like to get an epidural during labor. So first off, when should you get an epidural? 
I usually tell people that three things should go be going on or should not be going on, okay? You should be having painful contractions, okay? You should be in labor. You should be changing your cervix and you should not be at the pushing stage yet. Notice how I didn't say, you know, you should be four centimeters dilated when you get one or you should be six centimeters dilated. Every woman is different and some people end up getting epidurals at one centimeter dilated. I've had women who get epidurals at 10 centimeters dilated. Really, if you request an epidural and you are painfully contracting and you can sit still for one, you can typically get one. I mean, there are certain hospitals out there or certain pr- practices where they say, nope, you have to be at least this cen- these amount of centimeters dilated. But most hospitals in the United States, that is the criteria. So getting an epidural is a process, okay? We need to prep you for the procedure before we actually do the procedure. You'll need IV access. We'll need to collect some blood from you. You'll need lots of IV fluid through your IV. And that IV fluid is typically the longest part of the whole process. We have to give you this big bag of fluid because you can have blood pressure changes, which we'll talk about during this episode. You can have blood pressure changes that might happen after your epidural. So it's just good practice to kind of load you up with some extra fluid in anticipation of this blood pressure drop. And that extra fluid also helps to kind of open up the spaces in your back for placement of the epidural. So those are kind of the main reasons that we give it. Depending on how big your IV is will determine how long this fluid takes to infuse. But typically for most people, it's like 20 to 45 minutes. And that seems like a crazy long time. And trust me, for most women, it feels like a crazy, crazy long time, especially if you've been contracting for a while and you're like, I got to wait 20 minutes for this dang fluid to go through my IV. But just hang tight. You know, we're doing it. We're going as fast as we can, but that IV fluid is important. So once you're prepped and we're all good, I have all the supplies that I need for anesthesia. I would then call the anesthesiologist and they would come up. Sometimes there is a delay here if they are coming from home. If this is a smaller hospital, you may have to wait for them to come in from home to place your epidural. Or if there's a lot going on in the hospital and they're down in a surgery or something, there might be a delay. But typically in larger hospitals, anesthesia is pretty readily available. So anesthesia would come into your room and ask you some questions, okay? Do a little assessment on you, have you sign a consent for the procedure, and then kind of set all of their stuff up, like like their sterile drape and their table, some medications that they're going to use. And then we start. We start the procedure. The anesthesiologist, I'm going to refer the anesthesiologist as a he, because most of the anesthesiologists that I work with are he's, but there are definitely female anesthesiologists. But he begins by cleaning off your back, okay, with a, with a solution to get it kind of nice and clean back there. He'll put a big drape on your back. Your partner or whoever's in the room, there usually can only be one person in the room. I'll have them kind of sit in front of you and hold your hands. And then once you're nice and dry back there from that solution, the this is the usually the worst part for most people, and that is the numbing medication, okay? And this is not a big, large needle. This is actually a pretty tiny needle, but the reason that it hurts so bad, or it doesn't, it doesn't hurt 
terribly, terribly bad. But the reason why it is painful is because it has a medication called, usually they usually use lidocaine, okay? It's a numbing medication and it stings, okay? So they're gonna numb you up the, with this medication. It's gonna feel like a big bee sting in your back. That only takes a few seconds to kind of sink in. And then they really start the procedure and it goes fairly quick from there as long as you're in the right position and you're staying nice and still and breathing through any contractions that come your way. I've seen epidurals be placed in like 60 seconds flat after that time period. Others, they take 20 minutes and then the anesthesiologist has to come and replace it. They're, you know, very poor working epidurals. But if you are doing your best to stay nice and curled over and following directions and breathing during contractions and staying still if you have any that come your way. Typically, it's a very, very quick process. So once he places the epidural line, okay, what he will do is once your back gets nice and numb, he'll place that epidural line and it stays there, okay? It's not a needle. It's a very flexible catheter that stays inside your back, but it does stay there. So we have access to where we need to give you medication to make you numb, okay? So once he has access and he's made sure that he has access because he's tested everything out, he tapes up your back and then we lay it down and we give you the medication that makes you nice and numb, makes your legs nice and numb and takes the contraction pain away. This medication is not immediate, okay? Usually takes about 15, 20 minutes to kind of take effect If it's going to take effect, sometimes you need a little boost and a little bit more uh, medication than he initially gave you. But if he gave you the right dose initially, it usually only takes 15-ish minutes after we lay you down and administer that first dose. What you're going to feel immediately after the procedure is typically... You will have a couple of still bad contractions, you know, contractions that feel the same, and then you'll slowly start to see them space out, okay, and get shorter, and then you should feel them completely go away. If you're fairly late in the game getting an epidural, you may still have some pain from the pressure of the baby's head, okay, the epidural does not take that away. But it will take away, if it's working properly, any contraction pain that you have. And that's pretty much the procedure in a nutshell. It seems kind of complicated, but it's really not. Afterwards, I will be checking on you quite frequently. You know, I'll be staying with you in the room, checking your vitals, making sure your blood pressure isn't dipping or baby's doing okay. And I'm also going to be testing it out to make sure it's not one-sided or you're, you know, it's not working at all and I need to call the anesthesiologist back. But yeah, that is kind of the procedure in a nutshell. So let's now kind of go over some questions and some side effects that might happen because in a perfect world, you have that procedure and it takes away your contraction pain and then you deliver your baby. No big deal. You don't have any side effects and it rids your contraction pain, and you just push your baby out. But for a lot of women, epidurals do come with side effects, and I like to educate moms about these side effects and just kind of some myths, you know, regarding these side effects and myths regarding epidurals. Because while these side effects aren't super, super common, I'd rather you know about them going into it just in case that does happen to you. So number one, let's talk about the most common side effect, and that is a change in your blood pressure, 
Okay. And that typically happens. Sometimes it happens directly after the procedure, but I've seen it most happen about 30-ish minutes after the procedure. One of the things that I've already said that we do is kind of load you up with some extra IV fluid in anticipation of this happening. But sometimes even with that extra fluid, you still will have a blood pressure dip. I do also see it a lot more with moms who are hypertensive, so their blood pressures are already higher. They tend to have wider blood pressure fluctuations, but that's, you know, again, not always the case. There are a lot of things that we can do to intervene to get your blood pressure back up. I may turn you on your side or turn you on your hands and knees, put some oxygen on you, give you a certain medication to increase your blood pressure or give you some additional IV fluid. And typically with a few of these interventions, we can get your blood pressure back up and you're feeling better and baby's feeling better and everything is okay. But that is certainly a common side effect. So if that happens after your epidural, your nurse is kind of going a little crazy because your blood pressure is real low. Uh, Just know that, hey, I remember from that epidural podcast that this could happen. (laughs) The next side effect that we'll talk about is just purely that they aren't always perfect. Okay. Like I said, in a perfect scenario, you get an epidural, you know, you're, you're super numb, you're nice and numb and takes away your contraction pain. You deliver baby, no big deal. But for a lot of women, they can be one-sided, okay? Just based on your anatomy or based on the placement of the catheter, some of that medication can kind of go over just to one side. And it takes away your contraction pain just on one side of your body. And there are things we can do to help that. Or sometimes you get these little hot spots that come back. And typically what that is from is when the medication you know, is infused and it's going through all your nerve roots in your body and it's trying to make all these nerve roots nice and saturated with this medication, it doesn't quite go into this one nerve root and you get like a little hot spot in the side of your belly or in the side of your hip or something. Again, there are interventions that we can do to help that though. Another side effect that I mentioned a little bit before is the fact that they don't completely take away all of your discomfort, okay? If your epidural is working real good, it's going to take all that contraction pain away, but it's not going to take the pressure of the baby's head away. Epidurals were not designed to do that. And unless you have a crazy, crazy, dense, super, super dense epidural, you're still going to feel some pressure of the baby's head. Unfortunately, this can be uncomfortable for a lot of moms. Sometimes not. You know, sometimes mom is just like, oh yeah, I feel pressure down there, but I can deal with it. But for other moms, it's like you're crying through this pressure because it is very uncomfortable. Another side effect that you may experience is a bad headache after delivery, okay? This is called a spinal headache, and this is a very, very small risk that this may happen, this complication called a spinal headache, but I have seen it a few times in my practice. So a spinal headache usually develops within a few days, okay, to a week of receiving your epidural. It usually comes on slow, commonly in kind of the front part of your head. And the way that we tell it's a spinal headache, and I'll explain what that actually is in a second, the way that we tell it's a spinal headache is that it is so debilitating so bad, such a bad headache that you can barely take care of your baby. You can barely take care of yourself. You just, you can't think about anything but your head. And the pain subsides when you lie flat. So if you're laying down, the pain pretty much goes away. 
So the difference between like a regular headache, okay, and this spinal headache, what kind of happened to cause you to have this possible spinal headache is during the procedure, the anesthesiologist punctured this little small membrane called a dura outside of where the medication is supposed to go. And a little bit of that, of that spinal fluid leaked out and it actually caused like a little pressure change around your brain. And I know that sounds really, really scary, but it's not. I mean, it's, it's scary because you think about it like, oh my gosh, there's different pressures around my brain. But really the big side effect that happens is you have a, this really, really crazy bad headache. If this happens, then you'll, you'll want to contact your provider, obviously, and there is a procedure that can be done to fix this headache pretty immediately. And it's very simple, and you just come back into the hospital to do it. It's called a blood patch. We basically just patch the little hole that's back there in your back with some of your own blood, um, and it's a, a very, very easy, and it fixes it almost immediately. So another side effect is it may change your labor pattern, okay? And this may be beneficial or maybe not so beneficial. So sometimes moms will get epidurals. Let's talk about beneficial first. Sometimes moms will get epidurals and they've been laboring, they've been contracting all day and they're so tense and, oh, I can't say it anymore. I've been four centimeters, five centimeters for so long and I just, you know, get my epidural. And then all of a sudden they get an epidural and their pelvis relaxes they feel so much better, everything relaxes, and their baby just comes on down in their pelvis and it dilates their cervix and it speeds everything up. I see this all the time. And this is like super, super common with epidurals. So that is a side effect that it can kind of speed the process up because it just makes you really, really relaxed. On the contrary, with some women, it can kind of slow things down. I would say this is less common, um, and this is almost, it's almost a myth, like a, like a common myth about epidurals that goes around that sometimes can scare women out of epidurals, like, oh, don't get an epidural, it's going to mess up your labor pattern, oh, oh, oh. But really, I see this most often if you kind of get an epidural too early in the game, if you're not really in labor at all it can kind of slow down your labor or screw up your labor pattern. And then maybe your provider says, oh, maybe we start Pitocin or maybe we break your water or whatever. But if you're in labor, you're contracting on your own, you're not dehydrated, you're changing your cervix, you get an epidural, there's a very low likelihood that it's going to slow down your labor. It's very much higher likelihood that it's going to speed it up. All right, so the last side effect that we'll talk about regarding epidurals is that sometimes they make you shiver, okay, even though you're, you might not be cold, and sometimes they make you itchy. The shivering is very common, and this is due to possible, uh, sometimes epidurals can cause like a brief impairment in the way that your body regulates its temperature, its core temperature, and it can cause your body to kind of uncontrollably uncontrollably shake. But guess what also makes you shake during labor? Labor, contractions. You, that's just a common thing that happens to moms, um, regardless of if they get epidurals or not, you shake, okay? It's just your hormones are pumping. It just causes a reaction in your body to just make you shake. So I commonly see like, okay, are you shaking because 
the epidural? Or are you shaking just because you're in labor? Who really knows? The itching, however, is a common one that I also see. Um, And I typically see moms, you get really itchy on your nose or on your face, and it's not an allergic reaction to the medication. Obviously, you can have an allergic reaction to the medication, just like you can to any other medication. But itching is just a common side effect anytime you receive an opiate-based drug, okay? And this is most likely what at least part of your epidural is composed of. I think it's more annoying than anything um, just to be kind of itchy during labor. Occasionally, I'll have to give mom Benadryl or something because she's really just like really, really itchy. But you never really have breathing problems. You never really have, you know, rash or anything. It's just you kind of have this like uncomfortable itch. All right, so let's move on to some of the myths that I've heard regarding epidurals, okay? One of the first myths is if I have an epidural, then I'm going to be completely numb and I can't, I won't be able to push. This was way more common back in the day, okay? Now epidurals are composed with a lot lower dose drugs and they give you the ability to kind of move your legs during labor still. Sometimes they're still, you know, pretty dense, but most of the time with an epidural, you'll only be numb and you'll still be able to have range of motion and you will still be able to push. On the contrary, some hospitals even offer these things called walking epidurals. And that is basically what it sounds like. You can get out of bed and walk with assistance. Epidural doses can be adjusted as well. So we can turn it up or turn it down or turn it off and turn it on. Because sometimes some moms do feel like during the pushing, pushing stage, they really can't feel that urge to push or that point to push at. So sometimes what I recommend is actually turning the epidural off a little bit or turning it down a little bit to provide you like a little bit more sensation. But it's definitely a myth to say that, you know, you'll just be completely numb, like you can't move at all and you can't feel how to push. Okay, next myth is tattoos, okay? This one, um, I gosh, this one was going around a long time ago and let's just like completely dispel this myth. But this myth is you can't have an epidural if you have like a back tattoo. And we will get right back into today's episode after a quick break from this week's sponsor. This episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast was brought to you by Larkin. I love Larkin, guys. I'm wearing a Larkin tank top right now. (laughs) Larkin is a company that was born out of a struggle to find a comfortable and simple way to nurse and pump. While pumping and nursing their daughters, the Larkin co-founders tried several bulky, ill-fitting tops and bras with irritating elastic and cumbersome snaps and stippers. Frustrated with options on the market, they knew there had to be a better way, so they designed it. And yeah, guys, these are some of the most comfortable tank tops and bras that I have ever owned. (laughs) You know how you have just like some of those favorite tank tops and some of those favorite bras? These are my favorite go-to articles of clothing in my closet. Their bras are the first all-in-one nursing and hands-free pumping bra without irritating elastic snaps, zippers, or other hardware, so it's super easy to use and ultra-comfortable. They provide relaxed support without being restrictive. 
All of their products are hardware free and are made with incredibly soft, breathable materials with great stretch and recovery so they can adapt to mom's changing body. Their customers have shared with them that they love being able to wear them all day for easy transitions between nursing and pumping without ever having to change bras or undress. And they also sleep in them at night because of how comfortable they are. Yep, do the same thing. (laughs) They've been named by The Bump, Scary Mommy, US Weekly, and New York Magazine as the best hands-free pumping bra. I can't stress to you guys how much I love their stuff anymore. Um, But I have multiple uh, tank tops and multiple bras from them and just totally in love with them. So if you are interested in getting yourself a Larkin bra or tank top, you can use my code. It is Liesl15, L-I-E-S-E-L 15 at shoplarkin.com. And with that code, you can save 15% on any purchase. And now let's get back into this week's episode. So most of the time where the epidural is placed is, I mean, of course, you know, people have tattoos. <laughs> They're not, um, you can have tattoo all over the, all over your back, right? But in that space that I'm thinking of, it's not, it's not actually that lower back, okay? Where a lot of women, you know, or a lot of people kind of have tattoos, right? In the, in the small of your back. If, however, you have a tattoo in the area of where your anesthesiologist is trying to place a needle, the risk of introducing tattoo dye into the spinal canal, it's it's still a little bit controversial, but reports of problems are super, super, super rare. Usually what the anesthesiologist will do is a lot of times with tattoos, there is a still a place where there's just no dye. So maybe you have like a black and white kind of tattoo and there's just an area where the anesthesiologist can go a little bit higher, a little bit lower and puncture the needle. If that is not possible and you just have a tattoo over that whole place, sometimes they may may use like a small little needle to make a hole prior to inserting the larger needle. And this can help reduce the risk of picking up ink. But again, super, super, super rare. If you're concerned about that though, totally okay to talk to your provider. All right. The next myth is an epidural is going to make me paralyzed. I'm not going to be able to feel my legs again. I think this is a common fear that some women have, but really the fact is permanent nerve damage. Okay. After you receive an epidural is extremely, extremely, extremely rare. Sure. There are cases of where women have had permanent nerve damage and they and they attribute it to their epidural. But the statistic that I'm looking at right now says persistent neurological injury is about one in 240,000 women. And that is permanent. That's permanent, okay? Super, super, super low rate. Temporary neurological injury is more common, okay? But it's still really, really low. That number is one in 6,700. So again, very, very, very low. Most of the time, this is a very, very, very safe procedure and there's really minimal to no risk that it's gonna leave you with any nerve damage. All right, and finally, the last myth is that anyone can have an epidural, okay? Anybody, anybody can walk in there and have an epidural, No, unfortunately, there are some specific specifications. One reason that we draw your blood in the beginning of the procedure is to check a lab value called your platelet count 
because if you have a certain medical condition or your platelet count is randomly low, too low under a certain number, it can be dangerous to receive an epidural during labor. If you have certain bleeding disorders or you take certain blood thinning medications and you haven't stopped those blood medications before um, labor comes, you know, long enough before labor comes, you, m- you may not be able to receive an epidural. Some women also who have had uh, spinal or neurological issues, medical issues, or spinal surgeries may, not also, may also not be able to receive epidurals. And that brings up a common thing that I like to tell people is that if you have scoliosis, scoliosis is fairly common, and you've had surgery to fix that scoliosis, and you're interested in getting an epidural during labor, you still possibly can be able to receive an epidural. But it's very important to talk to your provider about this beforehand, because typically the anesthesia team wants to assess you before labor starts, okay? They just want to have a consult with you, talk to you about your previous surgery, all of that good stuff. And then there are a group of women that can't receive epidurals because they just can't sit still for the procedure, okay? They've gone a little bit too fast for labor or they just really, you know, can't sit still. And unfortunately that happens. We do our best to kind of sit with you and try to keep you as still as possible. But some women just you know, can't tolerate the procedure. Very small number of women, but sometimes that does happen too. All right, that is it for this episode, all about epidurals. Notice I didn't go into C-sections and epidurals and Pitocin and epidurals and some of those other issues. I do go a little bit further detail into those sorts of issues in my full course, in my full epidural course. And I kind of elaborate a whole lot more on epidurals and their use and their side effects and all that good stuff. So if you are in need of birth education and you're listening to this podcast because you're really interested in getting an epidural, I definitely want to send you over to my full course and that is at mommylabornurse.teachable.com. I personally have not had an epidural, personally, but I've been through a lot of epidurals with a lot of different women, and I've had a lot of friends who have had epidurals. And even though we've gone through some of these scary side effects and complications, I want to end this podcast on a positive note that from a medical standpoint, okay, receiving an epidural is considered a very, very safe option for pain control during labor. Hundreds of thousands of women receive them annually. And let's just say if they were not safe, they would not be popular. Sure, there are some complications and some side effects that can arise. But if you want an epidural during labor, do your education about it. But know at the end of the day that it's your choice to decide whether an epidural is for you or not for you. All right. Thanks, guys. Are you looking for birth education? Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever. And that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy 
or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money back guarantee. So if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code podcastlistener. I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast and use the code podcast listener to save 20%. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.